to another episode of Give Me Some Truth uh, International Edition, although this one will have resonances for uh, folks uh, more locally based, perhaps. Uh, what we're going to be talking about today is the idea of travel and luxury travel specifically, talk about uh, some of the things that have changed and so on and so forth, uh, you know, with COVID and, and just general over the, the last 10 or 15 years. Uh, for the guest today, I'm Keith Ponywas. I'm a financial advisor here at Walkner Condon. Uh, and director of international uh, advising as well. Uh, I'm joined here by a guest who has a very similar last name to mine uh, and uh, is actually the second uh, member of my family to appear on a podcast here. So we're just missing my mother. This is my brother, uh, Scott Ponywas. Uh, Scott is the head of Exec, uh, which is a, a company that specializes in helping uh, sort of start up small businesses with uh, some of their travel and, and other needs uh, in, in getting things started. You know, Scott, can you expand a little bit on, on my description since it's kind of the 10,000 uh, foot description, we might say? You bet. Um, yeah, so Exec basically specializes in supporting uh, executives as well as um, their their companies with a variety of travel, lifestyle, and business benefits, as well as a number of sort of bucket list experiences, anything from um, making your way to the Masters or the Kentucky Derby to F1 races around the world. Um, so we, um, we have a variety of uh, hotels, airlines, anything um, from, you know, more budget and value driven all the way to, you know, private jets and, and extremely luxurious travel. And, you know, for a small business owner, what's what's the incentive to join up with exec or for executives? What's what are the the incentives? What what kind of you know, how do you facilitate this? We might say. Yeah. So really with exec, what we've done is um, really work to try to provide the similar benefits that somebody that is an executive at a huge organization or a huge company would would see. And basically, we're able to um, negotiate these very special rates as well as sort of VIP benefits for say hotels or airlines with like elite statuses and things like that. Um, just based on using the, the group of all of our members. So, you know, we support over 25,000 um, C-suite executives with our benefits as well as a number of entrepreneurs, founders um, of companies. And, um, by leveraging the power of the group, I guess you could say, or that group buying power, we're able to then get um, very significant rates that, um, you know, we're not taking commissions like a travel agency or, you know, some of the big private um, travel credit cards. Um, so we're able to pass that savings directly through to the business and basically give them access to a travel program that they might otherwise um, not be able to uh to build out themselves, depending on the size of their company. So it's a way of kind of getting uh, corporate travel discounts without being a member of a corporation in, in some sense. Exactly. And then, you know, a lot of our partners um, really like to to treat people well and, and um, you know, basically give them the, the first class experience with um, all those different statuses and upgrades and, and extra perks that they might not otherwise see. And... The, the business covers like how many 
how many countries around the world, how much around the world, uh, you know, if do, do, do you work with? So most of our benefits um, will translate to global travel. Um, you know, majority of our members are U.S. based, but they do travel frequently overseas. So um, we aim to be able to support people in just about every major city that they might be traveling to around the world between our you know, hotel program, our airlines, car rentals. Um, and then also we have um, quite a few um, vacation home rental options as well that are um, sort of filling in the gaps and various leisure as well as business travel destinations. And so now you, this, this is, you know, you've been with exec for a few years now. Um, you've got some experience in this uh, space based on you know, previous uh, work that you've done. Uh, one one thing I want to start with is kind of pre-COVID to post-COVID. What have you seen changes? Have the way people cha travel changed? Are you seeing it evolve from kind of the immediate aftermath of COVID to where we sit now in terms of various travel and how, how people travel and where they travel and so on? It's been pretty interesting. Um, and I think we're not really seeing the traditional business travel that we saw pre-COVID. Um, that's definitely been a pretty big shift. Um, you know, pre-COVID, um, in speaking with all of our hotel as well as air, air um, airline partners, they're seeing that pre-COVID people would go on multi-city swings during a single week, where you know they might be over to the East Coast and they'd be bouncing through. Um, New York, Boston, and DC, and, you know, basically like one or two nights in each place and really just, you know, hopping from airport to airport. Um, nowadays, um, post-COVID, especially since a lot of offices still aren't necessarily back to in-office, um, you're seeing people that are doing more um, week-long trips. So they might go to New York for a week. And on top of that too, especially with spouses or partners, they're also um, bringing them along with the remote work where they're making it almost like a business and leisure type trip. So calling it leisure these days. Uh, I, I know you were in marketing before. You may want to come up with a, a catchier term than leisure. <laughs> well, it's it's getting to be the the well-known term around. So, um, but yeah, leisure travel is becoming a big thing. And especially with people that have to go overseas or even just want to uh, capitalize on the remote work. They're also doing more couple week or even month long trips to escape home and combine that sort of vacation with, with work now that they can. And so other than sort of expanding the, the duration of trips, this leisure trend that you're seeing, uh, what other effects is it having on how people, you know, where people stay, what they do, how they book their vacations? What, what kind of things has it, has it changed? Yeah, so before business travel used to be, you know, very quick and easy. You're into the hotel. You're maybe grabbing dinner with clients or something. Now that people have a little bit more of that um, luxury of time, I think also having been pent up in, in COVID and sort of trapped in one place for so long, they're also looking for more experiences. So even as people go on, you know, business trips or, are looking at their vacations, um, they're willing to invest a little bit more in elevating that experience and 
trying to stay at nicer properties or trying to um, tick off more items from their bucket list that they might have, um, you know, not had the ability to do over the last couple of years. And, you know, one thing that I know exec offers, but also that's become more popular is this idea of like experience-based travels, you know, how have you seen that evolve, you know, and, and I think, you know, for a lot of people for luxury travel, they don't want to just go and, and, you know, do a tour bus and, you know, go from spot to spot. They want to have those experiences. What are some of the things that you've seen sort of change in that space that, you know, you know, what were experiences people looking for and what are they looking for now? How has it changed? What's, you know, gone about? experiences there's also this sort of growing trend of quiet luxury um which i don't know if you've kind of heard too much about but people are not as flashy as they maybe once were i guess maybe with the recession kind of stuff that's been kicked around they're not trying to be quite as flashy so to your point some people aren't necessarily looking for the total four seasons experience um they're looking for more of the boutique property the boutique experience, you know, when they go to Italy, they might try to use something like an Airbnb experiences where they have the home cooking lesson that is very unique or, you know, the, the smaller vineyard type tour and, um, a, you know, multi-generational family that's cooking the meal for you and, you know, using grandma's old recipes and, um, and that type of thing. So I think, um, it's, it's changing a little more where, you know, people used to be jumping into these super expensive travel packages and maybe not totally the tour bus thing, but, you know, they were, they were spending a lot more. Now I think they're with the increase of Instagram and social media and the ability to find some of these more off the beaten path experiences. I think people try to value those a little bit more than maybe some of the the more expensive packages that used to be in the past and it's almost like a discovery thing to be the first one and one thing you had mentioned with the the business leisure the the leisure pleasure if you're british trend is people bringing like family members along are you seeing more like family-based travel you know instead of maybe just a couple going there there are a couple couples or they're bringing their kids and their kids kids and that's more of the travel event is that shifting what you're seeing in, in kind of those markets as well they are um and i think with uh, a lot of our members there's been more of this request for the longer term stay type options um versus the hotels alone um they're looking for more space they're looking for more of the vacation home type opportunity and um, they're also looking for places that, yeah, they could bring their kids or, you know, multiple people can have, um, enough space to work remotely as well as kitchens where, you know, they used to maybe just be fine with a hotel, but now if they're staying for several weeks or a month, they do want that option for, um, for the, the kitchen. But then the other thing too, we're even seeing with some of our our car rental partners, um, as an example, like Sixth, who we work with um, internationally, they've been um, seeing more demand for a new program that they actually built out, which is specifically for month or two month long car rentals, because people now are 
living in multiple destinations or trying to sort of capitalize on the remote work and, and live abroad for a period of time. But And then not have to go through all the hassle of buying a car, but also not pay two months worth of fees to Hertz or Avis or whatever as well. Exactly. And it's all the insurance and, you know, not having to deal with storing a car if you're not there for half the year or something. Um, you know, another one that um, I'm familiar with too is like Porsche Drive. Um, that's a growing program where you can basically rent cars for month to month, um, also flip them in and out, depending on if you want a, a nicer car. And that's a little bit more of a domestic program. So you're, uh, I would say, relatively speaking, a little more high tech uh, than I tend to be on these sorts of things. What sort of apps are helping or, or programs, in addition to exec, obviously, are helping folks on these trips, plan these trips, you know, do these sorts of things, you know, uh, ease, ease some of the, the difficulties of travel? What, what sort of apps are your clients using or, or software programs or that sort of thing? TripIt is a popular one um, uh, just because it allows you to track all your flights and especially um, with all the delays that we've been seeing more and more um, just because of staffing issues and everything else under the sun. Um, TripIt will automatically you know, send you updates when flights are canceled or delayed so that way you can jump on it a little quicker. Um, it also helps you just keep all of your itineraries in one spot. So, you know, you're booking your flight through an airline and then you might have three hotels for your, you know, couple week vacation has all that um, information um, in there for you. So I think that's one of the, the more popular ones. And then a lot of people are using Airbnb for the experiences these days, um, seeing that more and more. Um, another one that's pretty popular among our members is um, Adventure. IO, um, and they basically allow you to find experiences around the world. It's a little bit more for the adrenaline seeking person, but, uh, it allows you to find, you know, you can go ski with a professional skier when you're at Utah, or you can go, um, surfing with a pro surfer or a little bit more gentle. If you want to go paddleboarding with like a world paddleboarding champion, um, in different places. So some different unique experiences that way too. That's adventure.io. Yep. Adventure.io is the name of the company. And, and so then if I book through adventure.io, TripIt would then assemble everything for me in my itinerary. And, and in some sense, it serves as like an app travel agent or app assembler of your, your itinerary as well. Exactly. And you can just forward it to a TripIt email and it just automatically adds to your account. So. And that would. TripIt also plays well with like Google Calendar and all that fun stuff as well. So you can kind of organize everything and have it exported out and, and do that way. That's pretty neat. Now, in, in addition to sort of technology and, and experiences, are there new trends in where people are going for their, for their leisure travel, we might say, or just plain leisure travel? Um, I mean, I feel like... It Asia and the Middle East has been uh, growing in popularity, uh, definitely. Um, you know, there has been some security issues that uh, have maybe diverted that a little bit. Um, Europe is always popular, especially Eastern Europe, I think, has um, been growing in a little bit more popularity. But, 
Yeah, I think it still is maintaining a lot of the the staple locations. Um, you know, the the Paris's, the um, Italy's, the Londons of the world, and and drawing a lot of people. Now, one of the things we talk about kind of off the top, you said, well, you know, with luxury travel, do you want me to give, you know, how luxurious are we talking? How, you know, high end, or do you want me to give tips so that, you know, you're, you're talking your clients out of luxury travel to, to save some money. Um, I guess, you know, one thing I would add, you know, for people who are interested in doing these sorts of trips and, and, you know, saving money and, and maximizing experiences and so on, what sort of things, you know, do you have in mind for those people or how do you, you know, a three week vacation is still quite costly. Um, you know, the flights are, you know, if you move the cost of the flight over three weeks, it's obviously less than over one week, but you're adding in Airbnb costs, so on and so forth. What are some of the, you know, tips to make these uh, uh, trips mean, mean less to the budget, we might say? few different ways, you know, obviously exec is a big saver <laughs> of money to, to name drop that one now. Yeah. ABS always be selling. Yep. But um, as you're starting to plan trips, there's definitely a few different ways that you can um, be a little bit more cost effective with, with the trip. And that's obviously planning early. Um, yeah. The earlier that you plan, the better the, the airfares and the, options are going to be for you typically it's not always the case sometimes you can get the last minute deals and things like that up um, but you know airfares and things like that you're generally better off booking sooner rather than later um, and there's you know kayak or google flights now that gives you a lot of the ups and downs of of when to book um, based on flight purchase history the other thing too is looking at destinations where the dollar is going to go further um, yeah, you know, places like Asia, um, you can find beautiful accommodations in places like Thailand or, um, Vietnam or Laos and some of these, um, other destinations and, you know, staying at a hotel or, you know, finding a really nice villa, Airbnb or, or type of, um, vacation home rental you'll find is a fraction of the cost of what it is to, to, um, live here in the States or, you know, depending on where, where your clients are. Um, also meals and costs of, of living are just significantly lower in some of these places. I had friends that, um, went to Greece, um, this past year as an example, and they went to a Michelin starred restaurant with a wine pairing and it was under a hundred euros a person, which, you know, you go to a, a Michelin starred restaurant in New York, and you're lucky if you can get out the door for under 500 or 750 a person. So, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and so, thinking about those destinations, planning early, you know, we, we've moved, you know, sort of from a world uh, where a travel agent would kind of take care of everything in, in one place from you for you to a world where you're doing it a little bit more a la carte, but you had mentioned like Airbnb experiences where I imagine if you have an Airbnb, there's a discount on the experiences. Are there other synergies we might say like that out there between companies that people should look at besides obviously exec, which offers those sorts of things? 
Well, there's also a lot of hotels um, and brands out there that are starting to cater for the more long-term type stay. Um, you know, I wouldn't quite consider them a hostel, but I also wouldn't quite consider them, you know, a Four Seasons. Um, Selena Properties um, are in destinations now um, across the world, and they cater a little bit more towards the the younger traveler, probably. Um, more, I guess you would say Gen Z-ish or millennial, um, but they're catering to, you know, the younger family who might have one or two kids and is looking to go somewhere for a month, have some of the nice amenities of like a hotel, but then they also have things like hikes or um, daily activities that are all packaged in and bundled in together. Um you know, daily yoga classes, they have co-working spaces. And so they have these different things that make it easier to sort of hybrid between a hotel and a, um, and a more, I guess, luxury resort, but also give you some of those benefits all packaged in so that you're not feeling as a la carte out there, um, having to search it out and, and find all of those things yourselves. Now you, uh, you had, uh, kind of, done the, the leisure trend yourself uh, here and uh, from New York and Bozeman, Montana, and I know uh, Scottsdale, Arizona. Are there any uh, business leisure destinations that you are interested in or, or would personally kind of pique your interest? I'd really like to, you know, get over to Europe and ski for a couple weeks and use that. The time zones are quite favorable to work in East Coast hours. So you can go and have your powder day in the morning and then uh, work in the afternoon. Actually, last year, I did get to go to Tarifa in Spain. Um, got to play Finca Cortesan, which is about to host the Solheim Cup, um, which is a big women's golf tournament and also got to go kiteboarding. And to that point, you know, the winds pick up in the Strait of Gibraltar in the morning and then I could just uh, sort of hunker down at the Airbnb in the afternoon and get the work done and nobody even knew any better. So, <laughs> um, yeah. And, and, you know, one consideration there is obviously uh, good uh, making sure your Airbnb has good, uh, good Wi-Fi, right? Yes. Wi-Fi is key. Um, now, now that you're based in Bozeman, working on East coast hours is a little harder though, isn't it? Because you can't do powder in the morning. you kind of now you you get to fly fish after work hours right I, until uh until dark is that kind of the current layout <laughs> summers are a little bit more favorable to the east coast hours um yeah the days are quite short in the winter so um yeah basically fly fishing and golfing or hiking in the afternoons and you know working seven o'clock until about three o'clock uh east coast hours means pretty much get a full day to get out and enjoy things during the summer with the long days. So I do think, you know, that's something else to consider from the, the luxury travel, you know, as you mentioned, physician, you know, think about, okay, what are the work hours I'm going to be doing while I'm doing this, you know, maybe going to Hawaii might not be as convenient as you first thought uh, to work remotely versus, you know, going to Europe or, you know, and working on East Coast hours and even going, to Western Europe. That's one of the reasons why we have so many clients who've looked at either, you know, long-term work remote or working remotely in Portugal is because the East Coast, it's about six hours difference, makes it fairly easy to work on kind of that, that schedule um, as well. So 
something to consider. Uh, before we let you go, anything else that uh, people should be aware of as they start thinking about maybe this, uh, uh, you know, business leisure, leisure trend uh, going forward? I think just get out and, and do it. Um, <laughs> enjoy it. And um, yeah, with the right planning, nobody will even know any better. <laughs> so there, there, there's the, the secret is with the right planning. Nobody will even know that you're not in the office. I um, want to thank my brother, Scott Ponywas. Uh, we'll have to bring, figure out what we can bring my mother on for, for, for a podcast here going forward. Uh, I want to thank my brother for his time. Uh, thanks for joining us here on Give Me Some Truth. And uh, if you have feedback on uh, luxury travel or questions about any of the things we discussed here, feel free to reach out to us or Scott, do you guys have a website people can check out if they're interested in, in your firm as well? They can head to joinexec.com. So that's join E-X-E-C um, and uh, learn more and um, reach out to us with any questions. All right. Uh, thank you very much, Scott. And thank you all of you for listening. Uh, if you appreciated our content, as always, in honor of my friend, Stan, uh, please subscribe and smash the like, like button. Don't just press it, smash it. So thanks again, Scott, and thanks to all of you for listening. Walkner Accountant Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor with the SEC. Registration with the SEC does not imply a certain level of skill or training. The opinions expressed by the participants of this podcast are their own and do not reflect the opinions of Walkner Accountant Financial Advisors. All statements and opinions expressed are based upon information considered reliable, although it should not be relied upon as such. Any statements or opinions are subject to change without notice. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and unless otherwise stated are not guaranteed. Information expressed does not take into account your specific situation or objectives and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for any individual. Listeners are encouraged to seek advice from a qualified tax, legal, or investment advisor to determine whether any information presented may be suitable for their specific situation. Past performance is not indicative of future performance. Thanks for listening, and for further information, please visit walknercondon.com.